All right, let's do this. It is the sports book right here on 760 WJR. Always a pleasure to um, have you along with us as we discuss everything under the sports umbrella with you. Uh, and there is a lot to discuss as we have stumbled across a brilliant time of the year. My name is Steve Courtney. I am joined, as always, by Jamie Edmonds. Sup. <laughs> Monday fun day. It's great. Here we are uh, separated uh, tonight because you are spending uh, even more quality time with the uh, lovely Olivia. Right. So my husband is at a high school basketball game. And so when he's not home, I'm not supposed to leave a baby by themselves in their in the house. So I, I stayed. <laughs> Whatever happened in the good old days when you could leave a six month old at home? <laughs> and I just want to say for all parents out there, daylight saving is, is stupid because she thinks it's six o'clock right now. Yeah, it wreaks havoc on it. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and listen, we're not going to get into the debate as to whether or not it should end or uh, what the hell they should do. Whatever you want to do is fine by me. All I'm saying is for the next two weeks, I'm a complete mess because of the lost hour. Am I the only <laughs> one? And Olivia. No, you and Olivia. Uh, Blake, it affects you two as well. Two weeks? Yeah, it's it's usually two <laughs> weeks before I get her going. Okay. But I've always been like that. Okay. And, and, and I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I understand like a couple days, Steve, two weeks. Oh, I'm going to milk this. <laughs> okay. As long as you're willing to admit that's what it is. Got you know, if, so if I forget to do something uh, here, the album show, whenever we work together, yeah, it's because of the time change. Yeah. So uh, special thanks as always, right off the get-go to our great friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort for their support of this year radio program. Uh, you know, Blake is here. Uh, producer Nick Roddy, he is absent, uh, enjoying a little vacay. So he'll uh, return next week. Can I use the daylight savings time excuse for when I lose all my March Madness bets? Well, you've pretty much gone through the rest of the excuses. <laughs> I, I don't see why you wouldn't just pile on there. Yeah, that's perfect. Listen, just be honest. You know, bracketology is right here, right now. Have you put together that 16-game parlay yet? No, not yet. <laughs> I did good conference championship weekend, which is never a good sign leading into the actual tourney. Because well, I don't want to be oh. hot going into it. I've got nothing but – well, yeah, but that's so sad, though, <laughs> because you're kind of you cursed. you want to be hot. Right. Yeah, you'd think. But you're, cur this you're cursing yourself, Blake. <laughs> Yeah, I had a great fun. conference championship. I'm doomed right now. Mm -hmm. Here, just take my money. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's what it's all about, folks. Uh, here we go. Uh, Alabama, for the first time in their illustrious history, they are the overall top seed in the upcoming NCAA tournament. Uh, Kansas and Houston, a couple of other number one seeds. And then Purdue rounds things off uh, as a number one seed as well. Uh, what about uh, your Michigan State Spartans? You know, coming off that Friday loss in the Big Ten tournament um, to the Ohio State Buckeyes, you know, most bracketologists had them at a number seven. It was pretty much across the board. couple had them at eight. There was a thought that with that loss to Ohio State, James, that they would be an eight seed, not to be. Well, when their name wasn't coming up as the regions went on, it was like 645 before we heard their name. I was thinking, okay, they dropped, but they didn't. 
No, not at all. And uh, I kind of like where they're at. Uh, but the important thing is this. For the 25th straight year, Tom Izzo has guided uh, the basketball Spartans to the dance. And by doing so, and this is rather huge, uh, Tom Izzo breaks a tie with the legendary Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski for the longest streak in Division One history of a single coach making the dance at one school. It's uh, think- difficult to do. That's really special. And you heard it in his voice, I think, in the press conference that it it, it was special to him. Well, you know, uh, being the uh, youper that he is in our conversation this morning here on WJR, he kind of just, oh, shucks, you hang around long enough and, you know, things like this happen. Um, But we know one thing about Tom, and that is come March and the NCAA tournament, uh, he is going to get the most out of the club he has. And look, uh, we were talking on the program last week just how in the zone the Spartans were offensively. Four straight games of 80-plus points, uh, draining threes like nobody's business. But the problem is, as they found out last Friday uh, against the Buckeyes, sometimes you live by the three, you die by the three. And they just couldn't hit nothing. No, they couldn't hit any shots. And that's a bummer because Tyson Walker had been hot going into that game. Oh, extremely hot. And, you know, they got off to uh, such a great start. If memory serves, they hit four of the first six in the span of the first four minutes and 17 seconds. That included a 7-0 run. You're thinking, okay, here we go. Uh, Business as usual. The mojo remains. And then uh, MSU went 5 for 23 in the final 15-plus minutes of that first half, trailing by nine at the half. And they made a little recovery. Uh, tried to make a little something-something happen, but uh, fell short. Anyway, uh, they are the uh, number seven seed uh, in the East. Not a far journey at all to Columbus, Ohio. Huh? Where they yes, were... I am going. You are going. I am going. Yep. That will I'm be... excited about it. That'll... I love the tournament. I love this so much, and it's close by, so let's go. Let's dance. Well, um, it'll be a whirlwind day for you. Uh, yep. Especially if it's a one-day deal, right? One-day deal for us. I think we'll get in the car in the morning, go to the game, cover the game, 6 p.m. live shot, come back. All right. The uh, USC Trojans, their first opponent, soon to be a Big Ten opponent. Uh, they go in 22-10. and 10. And you could just tell in Tom's voice this morning that he is certainly looking forward to it. And, by the way, you know how it is, James. When you get into the tournament, you could have a 10-10 tip off and it'll be 10 20 by the time they get it going 12 15 ish is pretty good i like it i mean those night games can go pretty late i like an afternoon game i'm sure you're on board too well you know from his standpoint which is the most important doesn't matter what the hell i think but from a preparation standpoint there is a big difference between a 12 15 start and tipping off at like after 10 because look uh i i had the distinct pleasure of going with tom to a big 10 tournament a few years ago um there's only so many buffets you can hit there's only so many naps you can take there's only so many walkthroughs you can go through how much so so much film you can watch right and uh you know so 12 15 let's go so uh of course we're gonna have it for you here on wjr i believe the pregame uh, getting underway at 11.15. Steve, real quick. Yeah. How do you feel about Tom's like the last 
old school coach now. You got Beheim that just retired. Coach K last year, he's like the last one. Yeah, it's him uh, and uh, Greg Campy. Yeah. Well, yes, I had like Greg Campy Ma- on Sports Final on Sunday, and I asked him about being the longest tenured coach in D one because it's going to be forty years for him next year. You know, he just sort of laughed it off, but it's a he big is deal. he is a genuine character who absolutely, well, obviously loves his job and he's loved it. Uh, at OU for a, a, a long, long time. And you know along the way, and I got into a conversation or two with him over the years uh, about opportunities elsewhere. And the guy just loves where he's at and what he's doing. So he is yeah. now, like you say, the longest tenured coach, and Izzo is third, as a matter of fact. Last one, one of the last ones, old school guy, guy that I grew up watching. Well, uh, you're talking about is? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, there's Patino, too, but he's at Iona. Well, and what we're witnessing with uh, both Izzo and Campy, you're not going to see it anymore. There's just way too much pressure uh, in college athletics these days. Right, and too much back and forth transferring NIL, just too much. Oh, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of moving parts these days. And uh, sadly... I think it's going to lead to burnout prematurely for, and doesn't matter if it's basketball or football. Uh, but you know, these guys love what they do, and I'll just say this right now: I think the way Bayheim's career ended at Syracuse stinks. There's something rotten in Denmark. <laughs> it seemed like he didn't want to be in that retirement press conference. He probably it was it was time when he came out. And he said, from day one, I said it was up to the university when they want me to go and when they want me to stay. And uh, I think they thought, you know, the run is over and what a run it was. But I think that if you read between the lines, if if Bayheim had his way, he'd be back for another year. As long as the new coach runs the zone, then we're good. That's all I care about. Nothing else can change. Uh, We've got more uh, college basketball, various and sundry, coming your way. Make sure you leave it here. It's the sports book on 760 WJR. All right, aside from the NCAA tournament, obviously, there's a couple of other uh, college basketball tournaments to get invited to, such as the NIT. And group, that is where the basketball Wolverines are heading uh, Juwan Howard and the lads named a number three seed in the NIT during their selection show last night. They're going to face Toledo at 7 o'clock tomorrow night at Chrysler Center. That game, by the way, will be on ESPN2. Uh, Toledo, 27-7. and seven. Not a bad resume. Won the Mid-American Conference regular season title, but lost to Kent State in the tournament championship game for that automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Now, keep in mind, uh, unlike the NCAA, which is played exclusively in neutral sites, the higher-seeded team hosts home games in each of the opening three rounds of the NIT. Uh, Michigan, by the way, 12-4 and in 16 home games this season. Now, the NIT semifinals typically held at Madison Square Garden. Uh, they've been moved, for your planning purposes, to Orleans Arena in beautiful Las Vegas with the championship game scheduled for March 30th. 
Uh, this is the first time the Wolverines have missed the NCAA tournament under coach Juwan Howard. The last occasion came back in 2015. Uh, the Wolverines that particular year passed over for an NIT bid that season. Now, you know what, Blake? It's been a little bit of time, and I'm sure you've had a little chance to decompress. And uh, maybe that was so painful what you just said. Ah, <laughs> oh, the He's NIT. He's trying to be nice, I think. I yeah, he is. It it still hurts the same. Killing uh, me with kindness. We have uh, we have shared text messages. I know, and I can say this, and I'm not going to speak out of school. Uh, you were you were a little cheesed. <laughs> I honestly just deny it, just like North Carolina did. North Carolina was like, "We're too good for this. We're not going to the NIT." I would have been fine with that. No, but- see, I think this could be a real opportunity for coach Howard to really sort of coach these guys up. This is life that didn't go the way they planned. Hunter Dickinson certainly did not return to school to go the NIT, but if he gets them rallied around to sort of play, you know, their game during this tournament, I think that would be a good thing. You know, but this goes back to what I was talking about as far as longevity uh, and coaches. Uh, You know, when he first got to Michigan, Juwan Howard seemed like just a natural and what a great story. Going back to the alma mater, having immediate success, and he could do no wrong. And now, you know, just using Blake as an example, uh, there are those, and I spoke to some diehard Michigan fans this past weekend at a tavern, and they were beside themselves. Beside themselves. Now, what goes on? Doesn't the guy get a chance to rebound? No pun intended. I mean... It's just it's just fandom. People can be really upset right now, and if they have a good season next year, it all will be forgotten. I just don't think the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately mentality has ever been as strong as it is right now. Do you agree with yeah. that? Yeah, I do. And I don't, think, I don't see it changing anytime soon because there is so much at stake. And now, Blake, let me run this by you. And I think we talked about it in the office last week. You know, as far as the whole Juwan Howard and uh, um, his value diminishing in some eyes, is Michigan basketball in the same situation as Michigan football with Harbaugh? Okay, if we make a change, exactly where do we go? And I'm not saying that Ward Manuel, the AD there, is even considered this. But with both those guys played at Michigan, have had success coaching Michigan. If you make a change, now what? Uh, As unfortunate and maybe rude as this sounds, I just don't think, like, people care about Michigan basketball, like, now. So they just want something to watch in March. I don't think leading up to it, Michigan fans care as much about basketball as they do football. So you could change the coach, and I don't think it would affect people as much i also think football has had more success they have back-to-back big 10 titles i mean juan's had deep tournament runs and oh yeah and such like it's not like he's had bad seasons i'm the frustrating thing for me is like seeing players like hunter dickinson who was a freshman all-american and it's almost like he's regressed in three years that's where i get frustrated is like you can bring in all the recruits you want, all the five-star talent. That's great. 
but where's the development? Where's players getting better that you're keeping in-house like Tom Izzo does, like John Beeline used to do? So that's the part that's frustrating for me because well, you can't hit on every five-star. At the very least, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. Are you with me on that? Yes. All right. We'll give him another year. Uh, unfinished. Yeah, if there's another NIT, I think there's a problem. But the benefit of the doubt yeah. is he only had one starter coming back. And I think, uh, you know, just for you, Blake, uh, the Wolverines, I believe, have won the NIT three times. So there's precedent. Enjoy the run, man. Blake, will you celebrate an NIT championship? No. No. <laughs> I feel bad for Rutgers, honestly. The fact that they're in the NIT, that's crazy to me because that team should have made the tourney. Yeah, it's opinion. a strong NIT field, honestly. Yeah, it is. it is. And and Rutgers had a year. There's no doubt about it. But kind of faltered at the end. Yeah. Now they beat Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. So, uh, Unfinished business uh, from last week, and this is kind of interesting. Uh, the UD Mercy Titans, on the outside looking in of the 16-team college basketball invitational as of last night, that means Antoine Davis. What a story. Remains three points shy of tying and four from passing Pistol Pete Maravich's college basketball scoring record. Uh, they were 14-19 and 19 in this season. And uh, the night of Detroit Mercy's loss uh, against Youngstown State, the CBI's official Twitter account posted a map from Detroit to the home of the CBI, Daytona Beach, Florida, with some eyeball emojis. There was some heavy-duty public courting going on. Or so it appeared. And I think Mike Davis and the Titans, if they were offered, they were gone. They were in. Mike Davis said that. He said, you know, if we're asked, we're going to go. Why wouldn't we? I think there might have been public courting in terms of people saying, no, don't invite this team because of this record and everything else. I don't know. Obviously, that's speculation. One of those individuals' partner uh, was Pistol Pete's son, Jason. Uh, he said personally he uh, was sick of the idea of the CBI inviting uh, Antoine Davis and Detroit Mercy. The quote, I think, uh, I think it's an extremely cheap and shameful attempt to break an all-time record. He had five years to break it. Now, I don't know the powers that be with this CBI, um, but maybe at first... They were gung-ho thinking all the publicity they were going to get with Antoine Davis in the house and participating, and he was going to break the record probably inside three minutes. Right, and of course. the notoriety there. But then, like you point out, maybe the backlash was also just as strong. Yeah, and I actually believe that, but I also don't think it's shameful for Antoine Davis to play a game if they're invited to play a game. Like, it's not his fault. No. It's not his fault there was COVID, you know, and he was able to play an extra year. None of that is his fault. No, and it's not his fault that uh, Pistol Pete couldn't play as a freshman at LSU because uh, that was forbidden at the time. It wasn't his fault that Pistol Pete didn't have a three-point shot, uh, three point, uh, shot deal. It uh, wasn't his fault that Pistol Pete didn't have a shot clock. Um, you know, it wasn't his fault that uh, Pistol Pete took 40 shots a game. I mean, it is what it is. But right. my point is is that there were so many asterisks lined up that if he indeed did possess the record, how many asterisks would be next to that? And maybe you don't care. Maybe, hey, he got the record. But I think in the end, the College Basketball Invitational said, look, this could be 
one of two things. Just an amazing experience for our little uh, invitational here or a complete and unadulterated headache. <laughs> and I think they went with the latter. I believe so. Um, something uh, very sad to discuss. Um, Susie Merchant, the uh, ladies basketball coach at Michigan State, announcing today uh, with a heavy heart uh, that she is stepping down after 16 seasons as the head women's basketball coach at MSU, uh, citing health concerns. Uh, Coach Merchant has been sidelined since last January uh, when she suffered an undisclosed medical incident that led to that single car accident. Uh, Coach Merchant had remained in contact with the team and coaches during her absence ahead of today's announcement. Uh, While at Michigan State, uh, Merchant won two Big Ten championships and made 10 NCAA tournaments. She was Big Ten Coach of the Year in 2011 and uh, had a record of 327-186 Uh, with MSU. I will uh, read just a little bit uh, of her statement. It is with a heavy heart that I announce I am stepping down from Michigan State University due to health reasons. After much consideration and consultation with my health care providers, I have come to the difficult decision that it is in my best interest. I would like to extend my deepest gratitude to the entire Michigan State community, including the administration, faculty, and staff. She will go on to say, and of course, it goes without saying to express my heartfelt appreciation to the best fans in the world, the Spartan Nation. Uh, Susie Merchant, a Traverse City native, was head coach, you'll recall, at Eastern Michigan for nine years, making one NCAA tournament before she was hired by then-athletic director Mark Hollis at Michigan State to replace Joanna McCauley, uh, who left to become the head coach at Duke. Uh, this is really a sad state of affairs. Uh, Susie Merchant, a class act a hell of a coach, and uh, you talk about somebody who thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed their job. Everything about it. Really, really uh, unfortunate, James. I think, A, she's just a nice person, so it's sad to see someone like that leave, and, you know, her resume speaks for itself. Two Big Ten titles, 10 NCAA tournament appearances. It must be something very serious, personally, for her to do this, so, of course, we're thinking about her in that respect. Yeah, certainly thoughts and prayers uh, with Susie and the entire family. And I know from uh, uh, personal history, uh, I've been uh, part of the Michigan State program for 16 years, um, going into my 17th. And she started shortly after I did there. And she would always come on with nothing but a big smile uh, and just enthusiastically, year in and year out, talk about her team. And uh, not only that, uh, how well all the other Michigan State coaches, no matter the sport, got along. Obviously, her and Tom Izzo became extremely close uh, during her time there. And it was uh, just a very well-run basketball program in every, every aspect. Yeah, and she developed a lot of stars that went on to play basketball further. And she was just, like I said, a good person. She sent that letter because she's a family friend of my husband's family to Olivia when she was born, you know, offering That's right. her scholarship. That's right. And I'll just, you know, I'll definitely treasure that. Uh, now the Spartans will embark on a nationwide search for her replacement. Uh, interim coach Dean Lockwood, who uh, led the Spartans for the uh, 10 games in Coach Merchant's absence, will continue to oversee the program uh, during that search. All right, folks. Big things going on in the National Football League. Oh, 
It's uh, it's happening, folks. We'll talk about it as we continue with the sports book right here on 760 WJR. A couple of items before we get to what is currently a very busy news night for the National Football League. Uh, your Detroit Pistons are in action right now. Uh, yeah, they're hoping for a win. You better believe it. Pistons uh, have lost 11 in a row. Uh, as a matter of fact, they are one of three teams already eliminated from the NBA's postseason. Uh, good news to report. They are up on the visiting Indiana Pacers, 38-20. to 20. That is at the end, Jamie, of the first quarter. little round of applause, wow. please. Wow. You're speechless, aren't you? I, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's kind of like we're all kind of waiting for the season to end. And then uh, Snake Eyes Blake uh, was watching the monitor, <laughs> and he noticed that Jim Beheim is in attendance there at Little Caesars Arena. No no doubt checking out O'Shea Brissett. Could have former... came in, stopped by the show, said hi to everyone. Rather rude that he right didn't. Right down the street. Uh, should we start a rumor? <laughs> I think yeah. he's sitting next to Tom Gorris. No. No. <laughs> Would never happen. Uh, but, Jamie, we That's were talking. Because right, Tom Gorris doesn't come that much. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a story in of itself if he was sitting right. next to anybody. Um, but we were talking uh, about the decision, and I'm sure Troy Weaver is going to weigh in uh, when this ugly, ugly season is over, uh, which direction they go. Uh, do they give uh, Dwayne Casey the benefit of the doubt um, that it was a perfect storm that led to this miserable season? Uh, or uh, is a change in the offing? I personally think they're going to make a change. And we've talked about this multiple times. We like Dwayne Casey. We hope not, but I think yes. Well, he's uh, piloted a 15 and 53 ball club. Uh, as a matter of fact, they are a mere eight and 27 at home. But obviously, you know, circumstances uh, surround that. Uh, I've said from the get go that you could have a Chuck Daly in his prime. And how much of a difference would that make? Uh, with the final result of what this team is all about. Um, I think Troy Weaver uh, is going to have an opportunity to continue to build via the draft. He's made some wonderful moves. Um, And look, there was nothing but optimism going into this season. Uh, And it just didn't come to be. I'm going to be very uh, interested to see which direction they go as far as uh, the coach. I mean, you're right about the optimism. I was at that press conference when they announced or introduced Duran and Ivy, and everyone was super pumped. Well, it's uh, – I think there's uh, a couple of different things going on here uh, when you take a look uh, at this team stats-wise. And first and foremost, obviously, uh, the face of the franchise, Cade Cunningham. You know, how long has he been out now? A month and a half? And that certainly didn't help. Um, but you look at, uh, my boy, I'm a big boy in Bogdanovich guy. I think the dude plays the game, uh, exactly the way Troy Weaver thought he was when he was going to get here, averaging 21.6 points per game. You know, Cade Cunningham hasn't worn the uniform in quite a while. He is still second, uh, on this team in scoring. Uh, he played 12 games, averaging 19.9 points per game. Jaden Ivey up next. Uh, he's played in 62. He's averaging 15.4. 
Then you off Sadiq Bay. Uh, I thought he was going to be around a little bit. Uh, nobody ever asked me about that move. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Duran uh, averaging 8.6 points per game. But I think all the young talent is showing a potential upside. But look, in the NBA, there are no guarantees. Yeah, and I think some players they thought would hit, like uh, Killian Hayes, aren't really working out. No, Killian Hayes, um, 62 games played. He started 42 of those, uh, averaging 9.5 points a game. So, you know, when all is said and done, uh, they're going to have to take a look. And I don't want to go analytics or anything like that uh, because I think if there's a term in sport that is so burnt out right now, it's analytics. But, you know, are you getting the most out of the players you have? And that's top to bottom, start to finish, call it whatever you will. But then if you feel as though that the leadership has been what's costing, then you know what? Dwayne Casey's going to be gone. I hope not because I love the way he goes about his business. I don't think like they're one coach away from the NBA finals. Like I think they have multiple things that need to be addressed, but sometimes in this business of sports, you have to show that you're doing something. And I think it could be Dwayne Casey's job. Well, we shall see. Uh, meanwhile, second quarter just underway, 10 29 left Pistons still up 41 22 on the Pacers. Uh, I'm really shocked. You're not an analytics guy, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Does that shock you? That no, was a burn. You're a manalytics guy. Uh, now, listen, <laughs> you know, you're in the age group that kind of responsible, and please don't take this the wrong way. Oh, yeah, it's all my fault. For analytics. Yeah, it's my generation's fault. We're going down this road. <laughs> <laughs> I said take this in the least offensive way possible. You know me. I'm going to take everything in offense. Uh, are you into this whole analytics thing, or you don't give a damn? I don't. I how well do you know me? Pretty well, I think. Do I seem like a numbers guy to you? Okay, moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for even inferring <laughs> that you were a numbers guy for the love of <laughs> like God. Gambling guy. That's it. Steve. That's where your numbers come in. <laughs> you know what a four game parlay a, is. I have a system. It's yes, try you do. to pick winners. Uh, the Red Wings, quickly. Uh, that costly six-game losing streak um, may come into play here. But they split the home-and-home home with the best team in the National Hockey League, that being the Boston Bruins, quickest team to 100 points, quickest team to 50 wins. All of a sudden, the Red Wings have won two or three, James. Uh, they're in Nashville, 8 o'clock tomorrow night. The Red Wings played the Boston Bruins hard both games. They just mm -hmm. couldn't hold on to the lead on that first game. But, I mean, they won 5-3 against, like you said, the best team in the league. It's impressive. Well, and there are still there are still some hopes for a uh, wild card berth. A lot of things, a lot of things are going to have to go the winged wheeler's way. Uh, your Penguins uh, with the top spot right now with 78 points, followed by the Islanders uh, with 76. Then you have Florida with 73, Washington with 71, Ottawa with 70, uh, Buffalo and the Winged Wheelers with 69. Uh, so you're seven points out of that final wild card. The problem is there's one, two, three, four, technically five teams ahead of you jockeying for position. It's not likely, but there is still a chance. And I think what Steve Eiserman's looking for is just sort of growth in this end of the season and then 
they'll worry about the playoffs next year. Well, there's 16 games left. Uh, and I will point out uh, that they have a game in hand on Florida. They have a game in hand on Ottawa and two games in hand on the Islanders. So you, you so have that going for chance. <laughs> There is a chance for crying out loud. Uh, Lions up to some stuff as far as free agency goes. It officially comes into play in the National Football League on Wednesday. Right now, we're in what is referred to as the negotiating period. A lot more going on than negotiating, I'll tell you that much. We'll talk about it as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Looking more and more like the Pistons want to end the 11-game losing streak. They are pouring it on the visiting Pacers. 52-23, 7.55 left in the second quarter. And it's all come into uh, picture nicely here. Jim Beheim is uh, at LCA spending quality time with his former teammate, Dave Bing one of the greatest human beings of all time. And they were teammates at Syracuse. And no, Blake, they weren't shooting at peach baskets. They're not that there old. There's no three-point line, though, which I'm sure you lost <laughs> no your mind No three-point. I think they just introduced the two-point. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Uh, what a nice uh, photo op that was. Jim Beheim and Dave Bing. All right. Uh, free agency <clears throat> goes into official effect in the NFL come uh, Wednesday. Negotiating is going on hot and heavy. The Lions involved. D-tackle Isaiah Bugs. <clears throat> he made it clear when the uh, season ended last year he wanted to remain a Detroit Lion. He uh, values what's going on here. He gets a two-year deal reportedly worth up to $6 million, according to the NFL Network. He was a six-round pick, Jamie, for the Steelers back in 2019. Um, he participated in 755 defensive snaps for the Lions last season. That uh, more than doubled his workload from the first three years combined. 46 tackles, 20 quarterback pressures, the second most for an interior lineman on the Lions roster. I thought he was very effective. Glad he's sticking around. Yeah, and he is one of those guys who came out and said, they're building something great in Detroit, and I want to be here. And somebody else uh, who fits that mold Linebacker Alex Anzalone. Uh, I look at this kid, and you think he's a prototypical Dan Campbell guy. Uh, just a retro player, if you will. He gets a three-year deal worth up to $18.75 million. Back in 2021, a uh, career-best 78 tackles. He appeared in all 17 games this past season, uh, and he set a new personal best, participating in 125 stops, including seven for loss, uh, he had a, a new career best with 21 quarterback pressures. Uh, what about his coverage? Well, pretty impressive. Holding opposing quarterbacks to a passer rating of 79.8 when targeted. So Good I, for him. He, he played for that money. And on a personal note, he always talks in the locker room. And when things were going horribly uh, when Dan Campbell first started, he always talked to the media. So I have respect for him. We know Buddy Bayheim is a Piston for crying out loud. I didn't know. I haven't Just, watched a Pistons game all year. I was uh, kind of taking it in a uh, in a rumor thing for a minute because Blake just whispered in my ear, "Buddy Bayheim plays for the Pistons." Of course he I does. Did know. I did. No, this is the most Pistons I've watched all year. Right now <laughs> in the control. Well, room. good for you. Yeah, really, uh, <laughs> really able to break them down. <laughs> the uh, Lions also, and you can give us some insight here, James. Uh, the Lions agree to a three-year contract with the former Steeler cornerback Cam Sutton. 
the deal maxes out at $33 million, includes a $22.5 million guarantee. Uh, that was finalized less than two hours into the free agent negotiating period. Uh, the Lions, of course, ranked 31st in yards allowed per pass play, 30th in passing yards allowed per game last season, and uh, they could lose as many as three of their top five CBs in the aforementioned free agency, Mike Hughes, Amani Oruwarie, and Will Harris. Back to Mr. Sutton, a third-round pick out of Tennessee in 2017, had a career-high three interceptions last season, and has played uh, progressively better over his uh, six-year career. What do you know about him there, James? I know that it was his best and most consistent season last year with the Steelers, and I know that people in Pittsburgh are unhappy that he's gone. So that's got to be good. Uh, I know last season he, uh, well, he's 28 years of age, in case you're wondering, uh, held opposing quarterbacks to 47.9% completion percentage and a 65.3 passer rating. This according to Pro Football Reference. Uh, Sutton can play slot or outside corner, uh, but projects as the number one corner next season for a Lions team that um, is going to have to make more moves. Anybody else a little bummed out we didn't match the Jalen Ramsey asking price, or is it just me? Well, it wasn't that much. Not at all. But you got you got to pay him. And the Lions got some uh, flexibility with the cap, and uh, maybe financially um, Brad Holmes thought, you know what? We're going to go in a different direction. Clearly he did. Yeah, and I think in the combine, I believe I ran a soundbite, you don't always have to get the top guy and pay the top dollar. You can get a supporting cast of guys that are really good. So maybe that's the route he's going. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, this is rather huge. Uh, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. What a story. I mean, didn't think he was going to be a 49er last offseason. You know, they pretty much told him, you know what, do whatever you want to do. Nobody cares. Uh, <laughs> then the season season comes around. He's still a 49er. He wins him a couple of ball games. People are ripping him on social media. This dude just couldn't win. Uh, well, if he's going to win in the future, it is going to be with the Raiders. Uh, he agrees to a three-year, $67.5 million deal, including $34 million guaranteed. He's going to be reunited with Raiders coach Josh McDaniels, who served as the Patriots offensive coordinator during Garoppolo's three years in New England. I wish him all the best with that matchup. Josh McDaniels, I'm sorry, just doesn't impress me at all. As a head coach. Do you see who the 49ers added? Yes. (laughs) Sam Darnold. Lion killer, Sam Darnold. I'll never forget that. Monday Night Football. Uh, His first game in the NFL, uh, Lions-Jets. Matt Patricia's debut as the head coach of the Honolulu Blue and Silver. The place is going absolutely crazy. Uh, Sam Darnold's first NFL pass, a pick six. Quandre Diggs, I thought the place was going to fall down. We (laughs) we had the Lions at the time, and we're in the press box, uh, you know, in the radio booth. I've never seen or heard anything like it. And then, of course, it all went south. It turned out to be the best game of Darnold's career. <laughs> Can I just say though, Sam Darnold will be good in a Niners uniform because he's offense, like, he's like third string, dude. It, it doesn't. It, any quarterback can do well in that system. Brock Purdy was elite as a 49er. Now, Sam Darnold will be good. Are you calling for Sam Darnold to unseat Trey Lance as the starter? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That Trey is Lance isn't going to be healthy by the beginning of the season. 
And neither yeah. is Purdy. Dar- Darnold will probably start at the beginning of the year. Well, you know what? It's going to be very interesting to see if your bold prediction yeah. stands an Ice Cube's chance in hell of coming to be. Uh, talking to Jamie earlier in our green room conversation, uh, thought there might be a chance Aaron Rodgers would be officially a Jet tonight, but that hasn't happened. I think the um, Packers have said, we're done. You decide if you still want to play football. Here's your opportunity. And that's very interesting because I agree. I think the Packers want to go in a different direction desperately. More on that perhaps on next week's show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. It's the Sportsbook on 760 WJR.